My guest on today's episode is repeat and good friend of mine, DJ Bowman Smith, from across the pond, as we say, they say, as it is said. Great conversation. Don't even know where this episode actually fits into my current, you know, formats. It's a little bit of a conversation about marketing. It's a little bit of a conversation about what it feels like to publish a book, the fears of your reputation, what people will think when they learn that you're foul-mouthed and that you write about really dark, gritty things. Uh, It travels widely, so I hope that you enjoy this and find it uh, relatable. I want to ask again. I've taken a couple episodes off just so that I'm not exhausting you with this request. But if you have one of those free review copies, I would love it if you would drop that review on Amazon. Uh, And I'll I'll also let you know, you've already listened to my episode with Lars Emmerich. I'm spending $20 a day to advertise on Facebook. And the difference between getting a sale and somebody walking away might be them checking on Amazon to see how many reviews my book has. Is it really legitimate? And so if you've got a free review copy and you can take a moment to leave that review, what it does for me is that it helps people see that people are reading this thing, that they're engaging with it. And generally speaking, they're liking it. Uh, I've got 10 reviews on Amazon right now. I'd love to bump that up to 20 in the next couple of weeks. I think it's a real possibility. So again, if you're listening, you've got a review copy, take a moment right now, pause the show, jump over to Amazon. I'll even leave you a direct link to the review page in the show notes. So all you have to do is click the thing that says direct review link, drop that review in, and you know what? It'll help me out so, so much. Really appreciate you. Please enjoy my conversation with the host of the Words and Pictures podcast, and my guest today. I said guest a lot. Anyways, DJ Bowman Smith. If you've ever watched an author read in public and felt bored, TRBM is the antidote. TRBM is for writers what time lapse was for painters, guitar solos and spotlight were for bands, what chainsaws and ice blocks were for sculptors. What does TRBM stand for? Totally rested and believing in miracles? Thankful Rhonda brings money? Text ratios below mean? You decide. But I just am taking advantage of of an interesting space where I find myself right now of having just published uh, my first novel. And it's really on the heels of publishing a nonfiction book. So I've got two books in the world, plans for several more, kind of trickling it out and completely changing everything. So I'm going to start to lean into your experience uh, and and hope that uh, listeners glean just some of the back and forth from us of, of you sharing your experience being quite a ways down the road from where I'm at at the moment in the publishing journey. Uh, have you two found... books, Jody? two books. Yeah. Yay. Well done you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. It's, yeah, no, thank it's, you. it's no easy thing. And no. I mean, I'm, I'm pleased to see that you're, you've uh, come on to the dark side. You, you've come, <laughs> yeah. come, you decided to go indie and I think yeah. you need to go whatever works for you. I'm not, I'm not against traditional publishing mm. or hybrids or anything, you know, and it's further down the line, you might end up being a bit of both. A lot of people are, but, yeah. uh, but I have to say, I'm kind of glad that you've done the indie thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I am happy about it. I just had a guest on. I haven't put her her episode out yet, but Libby Grant, 
Um, and she started out self-published and now at this point has uh, like four different pen names and writes full time uh, for different publishers. So she's back to being uh, trade pubbed. But she said she described her day to me. And this was a moment where I thought, wow, OK, I've done some things wrong. She says, I first thing in the day, I write for five hours uh, and then I'm done with work all day. And I just, you know, sit and look out at the the ocean and smoke pot and read books. And I was like, well, OK, then, you know, and she's <laughs> yeah. doing well for herself. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not so much of the the pot smoking type though. I have nothing against it. Um, but just that idea of five hours of dedicated writing, doing what I love. And then the world reads your books. And she's like, I I write so many books. I have to have pen names in order to release them. So I don't compete against myself. Um, and that all started because she self-published and kind of took that journey. So that to me is, it'll take you where you need to go. You know, yeah, you'll either be yeah, yeah. a very successful self-publisher or mm. you, you'll swap into the other side and, and that'll be that. So how's it going so far? Yeah. Good. What do you want to know? What can I do? Uh, yeah. So, well, <laughs> I, the first question I do want to get back to is you're an advocate of TikTok. I think last we discussed, I'm on there so so rarely that I, I don't pay attention to what you're doing. But um, talk to me about the upsides of TikTok, anything you've noticed that's changed since the last time we spoke. And um, is it worth me using in any ways? What would you say would, would work well for me? Uh, well, I I quite like the TikTok because I've I've found it quite fun. Um, I I ended up doing the TikTok. It's something that I always said I wouldn't do, but then I began to um, uh, narrate an audio book for one of my children's work, mm. and and I realised that like you know, and then when I went got the microphone and got a few bits and pieces, I thought oh, I'm going to start a podcast. So I obviously started my own podcast, and and then. Having done that, which was like quite a big step for me, I thought, you know what, I could go on TikTok now. I'm actually not mm-hmm. scared. So I kind of jumped on there and I found I was able to get up and go, oh, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm DJ Bowman Smith and I've done this and blah, blah, blah. And uh, and I could do that. And uh, and I've got better at making, you know, little videos of my books and stuff like that. The hardest thing I think is always the writing of the taglines for the adverts that you do. So you mm. might put some stuff on about your books. So, I, you know, you might you know, pictures, uh, you know, or visuals yeah. with your books and some music behind it. And and then, you know, you want some words over the top and, and you're forever writing up these taglines. It's just like writing the blurb for your books anyway, mm. which is always a pain. Yes. And and you every time you write the blurbs for your book, you'll look at it and, you know, two mm-hmm. months down the road, you'll look at it again and think, I could do that better. And you keep changing yes. it because you want it to work. And it's a bit like that. So I think it's quite good for really making you drill down as Mm. as to what exactly that book's about and what the reader or the looker of the, you know, the person who's looking at your TikTok is going to get from that video. What is it that you're trying to sell? And I think it, you really have to get your marketing hat on. Mm. And, and at the same time, I find the, the TikTok is actually quite creative. And I think that's what I quite enjoy about it. I don't think I'm brilliantly brilliant yeah. at it and I haven't got a massive following or anything like that, but right. I do find if I get on there and I'm, and I'm good and I put a couple of things on over the, you know, every day, I try and yep. try and do one every day. And if I do two a day, one in the morning, one in the one sort of early evening, I definitely notice not ticking sales. Mm. So, so that, do. that and it, I do. And at the moment okay. I'm not actually doing paid advertising. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of keeping my little budget. I'm about to bring out some new stuff in a couple of months. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to keep it for that, the budget mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah i do think it makes a difference i've just started a tiktok for my other author name which is tiger molly which that's myself as a children's author Mm. and i found that really hard to get going um because i want it to be um to, to sort of follow more illustrators and illustrators of children's books mm-hmm. and writers of children's books or people that are, um, you know, uh, educators for mm-hmm. young children. And, it, and it's actually quite hard to drill down and find those people. But mm-hmm. I think that's what's important is to try and um, make your TikTok uh, very specific to what it is that you're trying to do. I think that's, yeah. that's the thing. And, and to follow those people and not just follow everything that interests you like somebody dancing or you know somebody wearing a nice lipstick or whatever they're doing or a cat doing something silly you don't follow any of that don't like it just skim past and just hone down in on exactly what it is that you're doing which is you've got to ask yourself every day i'm on tiktok and i'm not here to have fun it might be fun we hope but i'm actually here to sell a book and to sell right. my author self you know yeah. and that's that's what you've got to do i think yeah. So that's that's my thing. And I haven't noticed anything different, only that um, I find it, uh, to be honest, yes, I do think it helps with a few book sales. Mm-hmm. I can see that it would get better as it gets bigger, the account. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd be uh, ruling out perhaps using TikTok, um, you know, when you can sell your books directly through TikTok. I'm, I'm kind of mm-hmm. thinking I might go that route. I haven't looked okay. into it yet. But I'm certainly considering it. Yeah, uh, and I might, in fact, do uh, paid advertising within TikTok sure. as well. I might, might yeah. well use that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that's that's my thing. So I, you know, I think there's a lot more you can do with it. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm on there yeah. very basically. I do have a professional account in there, so you can put your mm-hmm. websites and all that kind of thing on it. Yep. But uh, at, at the moment, I haven't actually spent money on TikTok. Mm-hmm. But right. I'm I'm not ruling it out. It's definitely something I'll be probably starting this year. Yeah, you know. So I'll I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I um, I started doing some paid advertising on Facebook, which I have almost no presence on Facebook, and I'm fine with that. What's really interesting about doing paid advertising on Facebook is the amount of information you can get about what people are interested in. Uh, and I was surprised. So the way that I, I did it is I ran 10 uh, color block ads. So it's basically just a generic color background with a, a tagline. Uh, and I, I ran 10 different taglines to check out and see what do people respond to? What tagline do they actually like? And I was really surprised because the ones that I thought for sure were the juiciest and the best didn't perform well. Uh, and the best one that I had was one that I wasn't particularly fond of. Um, and so I, I ran a couple of those and then I paired the tagline with an image and it was the same thing. Again, I used the winning tagline with 10, 10 unique images. And I was positive I knew which one was going to win. Uh, I was surprised again. So it's it's interesting to see how people respond to what you're doing differently than you would expect. I wonder if that would – you've got my, my creative marketing juices flowing. And I'm wondering if I could take those taglines and somehow adapt them to the TikTok world. Because it, it almost feels like it would be a waste to not be able to use that information that I now have about what readers respond to uh, more broadly. Yeah, definitely. I, I think – I think it's very interesting the TikTok because you can do two things. You can either mm. just put visuals on with your book and your things, yeah. you know, or you can just get in there in front of the camera and 
you know talk about your your stuff and 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 you know just be your own self um mm-hmm. and i do a bit of both you know yeah. uh, and sometimes i do stuff that's nothing you know as the dj bowman smith account i i just sometimes get on there and just do something mm-hmm. funny that, that you know just just for the hell of it because why right. not um and sometimes i think it's quite nice to uh, just show your own self and i think people like that to see the yes. author is just just a you know a normal person messing right. about on TikTok like everybody else yeah. um but however i don't think you know you might get a few hits on that but um again i think you have to be strict with yourself that you're mm-hmm. not just fiddling around making a sandwich and showing right. your cup of tea and stuff i think you should always be yeah. on message mm-hmm. i think otherwise you're just wasting your time and i think for me i find i i find i don't know well, you were probably the same jody I, I find time is just not infinite. I've got, I've got, you know, <laughs> yeah. these little blocks of things, and I don't even have small children. But even now, I find, mm-hmm. you know, I do too much. You know, I do two author names. You know, I'm trying to do the podcast. Yeah. I'm trying to write a blog. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do something else. Trying to do the advertising. Trying to, and I, I do my own artwork. You know, and sometimes I come out at the end of the day and I go, I actually don't know who I am. You know, <laughs> at the point. So if I'm if I'm on there, I want it to be productive, and I want to have. Um, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I want to have some gain from it, really. Otherwise, I'm wasting my time. You know, social media for us isn't just about mucking about. It's about, unfortunately, it's about selling, you know. I, I think the most interesting aspect of that, though, is that when you pin down why you're using social media, in our case, to sell our books, I, I do think that it liberates you to have fun with it in ways that it's otherwise not particularly fun. Probably the only social media trap I fall into at this point is occasionally Instagram. And it doesn't happen on TikTok for whatever reason. The algorithm either doesn't understand me or I'm not sure, but um, Instagram occasionally can get me real scrolling. I'll watch a reel and laugh at it and then scroll to the next one or check out someone's profile and watch 20 of their reels. Uh, and really get drawn in. That's a bit of a time waster in the evenings when I'm mentally tired and not being very vigilant about how well I'm using time. Uh, but your your point about time not being infinite, uh, I've run into that in the most profoundly awful way right now because I I can't get everything done that I want to get done. I yeah. can't afford to hire someone quite yet. There was a little bit yeah. there where I, I that did. never goes away. That never goes yeah. away. You can't get everything yeah. done that you want to do. I know. Do. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's just. Yeah. I, I think that I think the problem is I, I'm able to do too many things. Really, if mm-hmm. I if I could just write, that would be fine, mm-hmm. or just do the mm-hmm. art, that would be fine. But because yeah. I'm able to do that, and if I just stuck to one thing of writing, but then I think, well, I'd like to write some children's books. I I am an old yeah. school teacher. I have had children, yeah. you know. So you think, and I've got those ideas. So you, and I don't like to. I feel that the ideas are kind of a gift, mm-hmm. and and it feels a bit churlish not to get them out there and yeah use use that that you've got use that creativity so yeah so i think you've just got to plow on do the best you can i don't think i I don't think i've got any answer for that i don't think anybody has i think it's just about making lists and trying to prioritize (laughs) i think that's that's absolutely not helpful at all for anybody listening or for you jody but there you go oh i understand (laughs) and then a lot a lot of this is is the truth i've I've been coming to i think you've even said it on a past episode i've been coming to the reality that there is no way around spending money on advertising if you really want to sell books i i don't know at what level you need to to spend money um but there there certainly is a portion of people that I speak to who 
uh, aren't willing to spend any money until they make money. And I always want to say, I mean, you don't have to spend money to make money. I can, I can talk about a lot of different areas where that might not be the best way, but here to really have an impactful amount of sales, you do need to start spending money in, in strategic areas and realize that you should make that money back, uh, as you get better at what you're doing. Um, so sinking some money into the business of writing is probably a good idea. I find that I was a little bit resistant myself in many ways to, uh, spending that money because I thought, Oh, I've lost it. And it's never coming back. Yeah. I think, I think the advertising is a, is a hard thing. I mean, I've, I've mm-hmm. done, um, Facebook ads, um, that didn't work so well for me. Yeah. And I've, I've done, uh, Amazon ads that did better. Okay. Uh, uh, but then I, at the moment I've stopped them all. I, st- I yeah. stopped them all about six months ago. I thought, no, I'm just going to put this park this where it is now. I think mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, and, and I think it's a very tricky thing. It can feel like throwing tenors into the wind, to be honest, tenors being, you know, dollars, dollars into the wind. Um, it, it feels, it feels a bit like that, like you just open the window and you're just letting the money go. Uh, and I think it's also a very hard thing to quantify. I, I think I stopped it because I wanted to see how much impact the social media mm-hmm. made on my sales. And, and really you need to, uh, stop it for a long time, stop the ads for a long time, the paid ads in order to, you yeah. know, then consider whether the social media, the time that you spend on it, mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to know. The, yeah. the amount of time I spend on social media doing the, doing that promotional work, you mm-hmm. know, is that actually worth it? Or could I, I think I wanted to know, could I do one or the other? Could I stop the yeah. social media and just do the ads or just do the ads yeah. and, you know, for the thing, but um, the conclusion I think you need to do a bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I think that's the the honest conclusion and I will start the ads up again when I, you know, yeah. as we get further into the year, I think. I'm I'm on the wrong side of this conversation to even make a conjecture, but here's my conjectures. I think that you can be a full-time author if you have the amount of money to learn advertising to get to the point where your advertisements are effective. Uh and you could not do social media and do that. However, I think that doing social media can build your brand in ways that ads just won't. There's something about the way that a person will interact with you as soon as they see the little tag that says sponsored, um, that you now are a product and you don't have that same level of human interaction. So I I think what you're saying is very, very true. It's deeply important, especially if you want to see uh, robust long-term sales and get to a point where maybe you can back off the advertising dollars. I don't know if that's possible either, though. As somebody was saying the other day in a book that I read, maybe um, that Coca-Cola spends $3 billion a year on advertising. And you kind of think about that and you're like, uh, Coca-Cola shouldn't have to advertise at this point, right? But apparently it makes a big difference. Yeah. Well, they know. Yeah. I think, I think (laughs) that's, I think that's, that's very telling. I think it's, I think it's very telling. I think as long as you're sensible and you Mm -hmm. earmark a bit of budget and and then, you know, do do it like that. I think that's, that's really the plan. I've done courses for it. I did the Mark Dawson ads for authors. course. Okay. Yeah, I and that's a very good one. I don't, I'm, I'm selling this. It. I don't have any any affiliate yeah, yeah. links or anything like that. It's just you know I have done mm-hmm. it. Uh, I did it a few years ago. The nice thing about it, if you buy that course, it seems like quite a lot of money to spend. You think, mm-hmm. oh lord, really? Mm-hmm. But you have it for life, and I think this is what's okay. really yeah. useful. Is you have the course for life, and as they add to it, including whole different modules, you still have it. It just yeah. updates, and you get oh, like nice. the new thing. 
yeah. So so you have this whole this whole thing, and there's and there's loads and loads of different aspects to that. Mm-hmm. Not just Amazon ads; it's got all the Facebook ads and different different ways that you can do your advertising. And it's it's been a godsend, really. I think it's, and I still go back into it every year and yeah. and have a look and see what's new and check it out. Yeah. You know. So in terms of that, because I really did look into that course for a little while, I chose not to go with it, although I reached out to and had somewhat of a conversation with James Blatch for a little while uh, through Twitter messages. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it didn't seem like it was a perfect fit for me. Uh, and I wasn't convinced that it was going to to return. But I've heard a couple of people who have, have taken it and enjoyed it to a degree. Have you heard of the the guy who calls himself Kindlepreneur before? The Kindlepreneur, yes. Yeah. yeah. I have the uh, the the uh the Kindle Rocket thing, whatever it's called. I've got mm-hmm. the different computer. Okay. I can't think what it is. Yeah, Dave it Dave Rocket. Chesson is his name. Dave Chesson, yeah. And I've yeah. got his I've got his little app that you can use to um drill down and find yeah um uh, you know, target other words books that and, are like yours, mm-hmm. target words and all those kinds of things. And that's quite a useful thing. And that, yeah. again, is a one-off payment and you've always got that thing. So, again, yeah. you know, you might think, oh, it's a bit expensive, but you can't. Mm-hmm. My dad always said men or fools can't work without tools. And sometimes <laughs> these are it. the tools of our trade. You know, you've mm-hmm. got you've got some courses that you can go back into and have a look at. And, you know, and like I said, the, and the Dave Chesson thing, I did his free course as well. Yeah. And, and, and what one person will teach you, you know, you could learn that off somebody, but then you'll go to another course and they'll teach you another little angle on it. So sometimes you just got to read, read around the subject and find, you know, find out what you need to know. Yeah. I don't think there's any one, there's no one thing that there's no one ingredient. Yeah. It's many, it's many ingredients to make the soup of publishing. Absolutely. <laughs> I know it scares me a little bit. It scares me. So um, going back to what we were talking about earlier, one thing I really like about indie publishing or self-publishing is the ability to keep a large portion of your your profits from selling the books. So, I mean, even at the lowest tier for Amazon, 30% is, is generous compared to trade publishers. Uh, and then 70% if you decide to do KU is really great for ebooks. So there's opportunity inside there. Uh, and then if you're able to forge a path forward without going on Amazon, you could keep um, 90% of your profits through uh, ebooks if you had your own store. So there are a lot of opportunities to make the most of self-publishing it means you have to sell fewer books. Uh, maybe it's a shorter learning curve to get to a point where you're profitable or even making a living on writing, but it's also, uh, I think challenging to not have the immediate uh, stamp of approval with going through traditional publishing. You don't, you don't get somebody to say, aha, they've gone through all the gates. They've made it through all of the stopways. And um, this book is approved by the uh, what industry or something. And, and so yes, that's, yeah. I think that's a little bit of a challenge. How do you, how do you create for yourself? And this is like, wait, my question for you, I'm not even a hypothetical. How do you create some sense of authority so that your readers say, I really have to read DJ's books? Uh, I, I think you have to have some faith in yourself that, that your story is worth it and that, you know, you've written a good, a good thing, you know, something that the people that read that genre would like. But also, I think what's important is to make a really good product. And, and, I, and I, when, it's, when it's just you, nobody will care about your book as much as you do. And I, I think that's 
a really interesting thing. And I've read a couple of books. Well, I'm always reading, but I've yeah. recent books that I've read five books, two of them were indie and three of them were traditionally published. And the two indie books had no typos in that I could notice. Mm -hmm. And the three self, the three traditionally published books had typos in quite bad typos, oh, no. especially towards the end. And I thought wow. now the indie authors would take that book back out. Mm. And if somebody mentioned that there was a type of uh, take yes. it back out, Very true. We'd, we'd sort out the problem and then we'd, mm -hmm. we'd republish it. Yes. And, and I've done that several times, mm. you know, when people have noticed, I, I go back in and I would sort it out. Obviously my books have been around for a, a while now. So I, you yeah. know, I'm kind, I kind of feel like they're pretty as good as they're ever going to get. But, um, and I think that's the difference. Whereas I think the traditional publishing house can be a bit like, well, this is it, we've done this mm -hmm. and it's gone out. And then they're not interested, even if the author says, I, I, you know, I can, I've heard that there's this or there's that. And they go, well, yeah. it's out there now. But actually, you can take it back and and have another yeah. go. Yeah. And I think I think that's the thing. It's about having a real pride in what it is that you're making, and you're making this book, and you want it to be as absolutely as good as it can possibly be. And mm -hmm. and and you'll you'll do anything to do that, whether it's you know editing and and the, you know the whole the whole thing of it. You you will try to make it as perfect as it can be. Yeah. And I think I think that's what gives us credibility. And I think that's mm -hmm. why indie authors are really are an independent authors, not just me particularly, mm -hmm. but we are a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. You know, we, we sell more books than the traditional published market. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, and that, that is a, that is a fact. Mm -hmm. That is a fact. And most people can't tell the difference. They cannot tell the difference. You know, you know, I mean, I, think, I threw I my books on the table the other day. Somebody mm -hmm. said, oh, are you a writer, Debbie? It was some new friends that moved in. And I said, I said yes, I am, actually. And, and they said, and they said, oh, gosh, you know, what do you write? So I just grabbed some of my stuff and I put it on the table. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, who publishes you? And I said, I do. I publish me. And, went, yeah. and she, when she was like, yeah, she was like, but these look like real books. So, well, they are real books. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I just thought it was such a funny reaction. But yeah, that is the thing. People just assume when they look at my stuff that, that it isn't traditionally, that it is traditionally mm -hmm. published, but I'm the publisher. Right. You know, and it is, a, it is a funny, it is a funny thing. So, you know, that's, that's all I can say is it's just having, having the, the pride in, in your, and the belief in your thing yeah. and making it as good as you can. And, and, um, and it's fine. It's fine to be an indie publisher. Right. You yeah, can absolutely. Do it. Yeah. 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 There's, <laughs> I, I, I don't know when or if I will get over the stigma in my own mind about doing it. Uh, I can, I can still think of the conversations. I had several conversations, really in depth conversations with my wife about the choice. Um, I, I remember the hesitancy in doing it. The nonfiction book never bothered me because I thought I don't really want to be a nonfiction author. And I think that this is a really effective tool to get out into the world. Um, I may have said this the last time we talked. I know I've said it on the show before. I have an issue. Now, this is funny because we just talked about a couple of people who sell courses. I have an issue with courses. I have an issue with masterminds. Uh, in most cases, the product being sold does not uh, teach you anything 
valuable enough for the price tag on them. So I've actually heard mm-hmm. people in the inside baseball conversations you have about this kind of stuff. I've had people try to pitch me on developing a course and they're like, here's the deal. You put all of your information inside of a book and sell the book and how much can you get for it? Seven ninety nine a copy. Use that exact same information and call it a course and you can charge people a hundred dollars. And I realized that is absolutely true. Uh, and as much as I really, really like Mark Dawson and everything they're doing and continue to listen to their podcast, I think it is true that they could put that in an ebook and you could do updated editions of it. Uh, you would have to buy like six to 10 editions of that book before it would be more expensive than having access to the course. So I think that that is a reality. Um, and then in saying that, uh, it's no secret that the Facebook ads I was telling you about before, that's a course that I'm in right now. And it has been worth every single dollar that I paid for it. It's the first time mm. I've ever thought I know exactly how to get where I'm going. Now, who's I'm, is that course then? Who's, who's called, is that one? Yeah, it's called Ammo Foundations by Lars Emmerich. And the uh, idea behind it is is testing your way to profitable yeah. ads. And so... Yeah. Um, like I said, it's the first time I've ever seen something where they actually say, do this in these steps and you will have mm. these outcomes. And it's been proven true for me. I have everything he yeah. said that I could do, I will do, but it's will end up being the most pricey course that I've ever been part of. The actual course itself isn't terribly expensive, but the tools that you need to uh, subscribe to in order to track and measure everything, it's kind of like adding the science of, of advertising behind it. You actually have a way to, to measure. I know exactly who's seeing what, how they're interacting with it. There's this program that almost seems like really awful. It's called mouse flow and you can install a, a web hook and uh, get your, your um, pixel installed and everything. And you can see people when they go to your website, how they browse your website. I can actually see how long they linger uh, on a block yeah. if they try to click on yeah. something. And, you know, it feels like you're like, wow, this is really invasive. But at the same time, it has taught me where I'm lacking in my website and how to update my website yeah. to get people to have, have less friction in the experience, um, which makes it better for them. So I like it. Anyways, enough of an ad for them. Uh, I do like the program so far. I've recommended it to a few of my friends. But here's the really biggest question, though, is all around ebooks, audiobooks, hardcover books, in-person readings. Talk to me a little bit about your experience of being kind of, I'm going to call it the complete author. You're able to sell in all formats and get in front of people and engage people. What is that like for you? How much, how much do you, are you out among your readers, I guess? I, I think I'm not, I think I'm not out among my readers as much as I'd like to be, I think. Um, I certainly don't do, uh, you know, like book signings or stuff like mm-hmm. that. Gen- generally, I'm I'm interacting with readers okay. over social over social media, or if mm-hmm. they um, get in contact with me over um, my contact pages on my websites. Yeah. So I, th- I think that is a little bit lacking. Um, but I, you know, I'm I'm there if they want to get in touch with me. Yeah. You know. To, to be to be honest just circling back a little bit mm-hmm. yeah. um to your thing about the courses mm-hmm. uh, i i think the thing about a course is uh and, and here i am on the old you know i am an old school teacher yeah so i it's a very much about how you learn i sure, think now definitely. i i love a book i'll read stuff mm-hmm. i love to read you know all sorts of things but the thing about the courses i can get that information Yep. into my skull and start using it mm-hmm. quickly 
And I think that is the thing. It's back to the time again. I can learn that stuff quickly. When, yeah. you know, when I, if I've got visual videos and stuff like that, then I can, I can yeah. assimilate it. And I, and I think that's, that's what's really good. Well, I could learn the same stuff from a book, mm. but I would have yeah. to write it out. I, mm. It would take me much longer than, than learning it from the other thing. Yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm out amongst the readers. Well, the books are out there you know and mm -hmm. uh, and i suppose that's a that's a good thing really and i think you're yeah. always striving to do more bring bring more stuff out write the mm -hmm. next thing you know and i think you're always i think i'm always concentrating on whatever the new thing is a little bit yeah. but then i think you have to be really mm -hmm. you know because the more books you have the more profitable the whole thing is you know yes. what one book is mm -hmm. but ah. as as you add to your add to your thing and you know yeah. the, the really people that are actually making a good profit have got yeah. a few books under their belt and that's that's the key i think you know read through that's what it's all about i will drop a link there's a really cool uh research about how many books self-published authors have out before they become full-time authors and the amount of money that they make based on how many books they have it's, it's a fantastic study that someone recommended to me so I'll try to link to that in the show notes for this podcast. But I was, I think, okay, so this is one hesitancy I have. And it, interestingly, I think early on, we were already recording. My guest Libby was telling me that that she publishes so many books in a year that she does, like all she does is write five hours a day. Um, that sounds really nice to me. At the same time, I want the freedom to know that if a book takes me a long time to wrestle it into shape, that I can financially survive while I do that. And there's this, I have a little bit of conflict in my soul about feeling like I have to just keep publishing book after book after book and have 30 books out there. And that's the only way to be profitable. Does, does that, do you ever feel conflicted about that idea at all? Like is art can't be forced to cooperate with a clock or what are your thoughts there? Well, I think the thing is, Jodie, we, we've got a massive age gap here. And I, I'm, I'm a woman in my later years here. And Jodie's a young man with his young family. And, and so for you, you know, you're trying to make your money from your mm -hmm. from your books, you know, right now. And that's great. Yeah. Go for it. Um, mm -hmm. For me, I know I did the two things I, I taught. I was I was a writer that mm -hmm. I was a teacher that wrote and then I became a, a, a writer that taught and then and then the, the teaching went off the I gave that up a few years ago. I used to just teach part time, and then I gave it up. And I, and I used to kind of tick over, and 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 that's quite nice. And to be honest, I, I I don't know. As you get older, I don't know whether I'm. For me, it's about the enjoyment. I I like yeah. doing what I'm doing, and I like being able to think. Okay, you know, today I'm going to do the children's stuff, or today mm -hmm. I'm going to do some artwork, or today I'm actually not. Today I'm mm -hmm. I'm not. I today I yeah. like today, for example. I know by the time I'd got up, I met a friend this morning. I walked the dog. I came back. I made some food. I had a doze. There you go. I slept. I slept in the afternoon, and 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 then my husband came home early, and then we went for another walk with the dog, and and, and nothing's been done really. You know, I've yeah. actually achieved nothing, and I, and I I did a little bit of editing, mm -hmm. and that was it. And and do I care? Not really. Tomorrow's another day. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. for me, the trouble is, I I'm not saying I'm not ambitious. But my ambition has been toned down with age. Mm. <laughs> I, I'm quietly, quietly ambitious without yeah. it, without it really driving me to the thing. And I think if I started this when I was twenty, I think I'd be quite a different creature. Mm. 
if I was if I was in my twenties or thirties, yeah. I'd be I'd be much more driven. Whereas now I'm like, you know, dinner's ready when I finish cooking it, and mm-hmm. this book will be ready when I finish writing it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. You know? So there's so, a TV show uh, that's that's over in uh, England called The Trip. I think it's still called The Trip, but they made it into movies. That's the only way we can watch it here in the states. Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon, uh, and it's. Uh, Far away, my favorite movie. I rarely say I have a favorite anything, but that first movie, the the, the TV show made into a movie, is my favorite. Uh, and th- there's this one conversation that that Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon have at a dinner table, and Steve Coogan is talking about wanting a massive amounts of fame. They're both guys um, who, who are in their their probably early fifties, um, and so they've had careers, they've had some success, they've had a splash, and and Steve desperately still wants to have the 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 BAFTAs and the Oscars and the glory. And across from him, Rob is kind of like, hey, you know, I've had I've had middling success my entire career. People like me. I love what I do. It's not crazy. I love my wife. I love my kid. Um, and they're sort of different views of what is happening uh and and how to live their life. It's it's fascinating. I find that the reason it works so well for me is because I'm a little bit of both. There's a part of me that wants to get up at 5.30 a.m. every morning and bust ass and really show people what an amazing person I am. And then there's a part of me that hears somebody say, I write for five hours and I just kind of mess around the rest of the day and it's lovely. And, and I have both yeah. of those things. Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm a bit like your friend without the pot. Um, but I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't I don't do anything in the morning. I, I'm not a morning person. I, you know, yeah. I might, I might, I might do a podcast if the somebody's, you know, the time zone they have to be on the mm-hmm. morning. Um, yeah. But you know, generally, I get I get up quite late, and and then I sit and chat to my husband, and then I take the whip it on the beach, and then I come back and I faff about, I do a few chores, and then I I kind of get to it after lunch, and then I'll mm-hmm. write through the afternoon. But to be honest, if I'm not feeling it, I don't really care. What yeah. I like about it is the is my I think when I was a teacher, every part of your day is scheduled. You know, mm-hmm. you know, they even had you, I don't know what it's like in the States, but in England, even the little bit when the children come in in the morning and they're sitting mm-hmm. on the mat, you have to have a planned activity for them to yeah. do. You know, you have to say what music you're going to play when they come in. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing every little 20-minute slot in the day is exactly planned out months ahead. And it and it's it's horrible and so as a as a as a writer now you know you have no you have no creativity in teaching it's completely gone and so as a as a writer i i actually have to think you know today i'd like to draw today i'd like to write today i'm going to work on a kid's book today i'm going to write scary dark fantasy you know and and that's what i like and 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 it, it's it's a case of balance really i think I want to close out with uh, one more conversation and you, you handed me the the question, but uh, my greatest fear uh, at the moment, uh, and I have many of them is that my readers are going to buy the the novel and be appalled by how dark and gritty and violent and profane the book is. It's, it's (laughs) like a, a level where I've never showed up 
on camera at the level that the book is. Uh, it's definitely a part of who I am. I really am, am in love with the story. I had so much fun. It's also comedic, but um, I'm, I'm just kind of scared. And you just mentioned dark fantasy, and it made me think there's probably a side of you that you put on a page that maybe you don't present to the rest of the world. Have you ever exactly. had fear like that before? And and if so, oh, to start with, to start with, yeah. definitely, Jody, absolutely. I mean, I mean, look at me. Jody's looking at me. I I am a round face, little specks. You know, I I'm I'm look at me. You see a primary teacher, which is what I was. I'm a lovely, yeah. a happy, clappy teacher. But I've got a very <laughs> a very dark side, and I always have had. And uh, and I found that um, when I started to write. Uh, that is what came out the very the very dark side. Mm. I write grim dark fantasy that that my oldest friend cannot read. She said, wow. "I can't believe this is what you've written." I she said, yeah. "I read literally two chapters, Deb, and I can't believe this is you." And I said, wow. "Well, I'm really sorry, but also that is me." Um, yeah. I, I've talked to people, you know, as you have. We talked to a lot of people, and, and I've often talked to horror, people that write horror. You know, mm-hmm. really, really scary horror. They're the nice people. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> the nicest souls that you could be. Funny, yeah. you know, very nice. If you ever get the chance to talk to Halo Scott, she writes some scary stuff. Lovely woman, absolutely great. Get, get yeah. her on. She's, she's terrific. And um, you know, you talk to these people and you think, and and I'm the same. And I and I know. I think I don't bother about strangers. It's people mm-hmm. like your family reading it. Yes. That you oh think, my goodness! You know that that that's what bothers me. So my mm. husband is always my first reader, and I'm a very very lucky person because he just accepts me, mm-hmm. dark side and all. Yeah. And and that is terrific. He doesn't he yeah. doesn't bother. He doesn't go. Oh, you know, you can't put that out there, and you can't do this. You can't. You know, whatever it is right. that I've written, and um, he he just is fine with it. And mm-hmm. and actually, because he's fine with it. I'm fine with it too now. And and I think oh, I've made nice. my peace with it on another on another level. So I wow. think you will too. I think yeah. I think it's okay to have mm-hmm. a dark imagination. And it yeah. doesn't mean that you're horrid or nasty, mm-hmm. you know. I mean I'm I'm a sweet, sweet lady, <laughs> honestly. And you and you pick it pick stuff up and you think, oh my gosh, you know. But yeah, you know, that's what storytelling is. Sometimes it is, you know, it is that dark thing. And I think yeah. all human beings have have a very dark side and it's just the mm-hmm. writer peels that off and opens themselves out and says, actually here it all is for everybody to see. And I think that's actually quite a brave thing. So yeah, absolutely. There you go. You've done the brave thing, Jody. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do think that that's very true. It's, it's a thing. It's a thing to laugh and smile at. It's also, it's also true. It's a little bit scary to put yourself out there in that way. I remember when I first started podcasting, there was, a, there was a side of my personal life uh, that I was really scared to reveal. It was helpful to, to realize that, my family mostly wasn't listening to the podcast, especially after the first couple of months. Like they'd supported me long enough. They'd moved on. It wasn't their cup of tea. Shouldn't have been. Nobody else in the family's interested in writing. It's cool. But there still was a moment where I realized anytime they want, they can tap in. They can listen to this podcast. And if I'm speaking with certain guests, there are parts of my life that I'll discuss that I've had experience with that probably my family would be like, oh, he's definitely like just about homeless or going to ruin his life (laughs) is how they would feel about those those parts of my life. So that has been somewhat helpful. 
but really I don't, I don't know why in a public fashion, I'm not comfortable cursing very often. Uh, I'll use it really specifically, but man, my books are vulgar. And it's so weird that that's how the imagination comes out. And I think both things are real though, uh, which is what oh, you were that- expressing as well. You know what? That that is the very that is the, the the funniest thing is. Obviously, we're on air, and I'm you know I'm giving you my my hopefully my nicest self. And but if <laughs> yeah. you met me, if you met me, I swear all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the time, I swear all the time. Every other word is, yeah. is horrendous. <laughs> and uh, and somebody we had some. My husband had a party for his a uh, big birthday, mm-hmm. and um and and the football happened to be on the World Cup. And some neighbours said, oh, she said, oh, I don't want to bring my husband. I said, oh, don't worry, we don't watch the football. But I said, we'll put it on in the other room. You can all come. And she said, oh, no, I'm worried about my husband <laughs> because he gets quite cross. And yeah. Paul said, don't worry, nobody can effing swear as much as my wife. But but the yeah. odd thing is, in print, mm-hmm. I don't swear. Yeah, oh, interesting. Okay. How bizarre is that? Yeah. How bizarre is that? I don't – all those – Dark fantasy books. I think that I think there's two swear words in five books, and yet the new thing that I'm writing, which happens to be about a witch, she swears. I think she's a bit more like me. Ah, <laughs> you're, you're hiding you're hiding the witch in yourself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's exciting. So it is. It is a very funny thing. What comes out, but I think what comes out is what needs to be for the story. So if the, if the story, if it needed the profanity. I mean, some people will argue that no profanity is ever needed, but I don't know if you felt as the creator that the profanity was needed, then then it was. But in, you know, in the medieval fantasy that I've written, I felt that they didn't swear. particularly. Yeah. yeah. But but in the more modern thing that I'm writing now. Yeah, she's cursing like me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I love I love that you say that. And I got I have to let you go. I've already taken more of your time than I said I would, but um oh, I'm thinking fun. about this this novel I have out. At the end of part 1, there's there's a, a a scene of violence. I don't want to give it away too much. There's actually a review already out that uh describes it, but um yeah, that was another another moment where I was like some people would advocate for that particular act of violence never being portrayed on the page. Uh and and I just thought the entire motivation of the character, the book, everything is based on this experience that she has. And if you take it out and even just allude to it, you can't get the emotional power to understand why she does some of the things that she does later in the book. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had people be very upset at me for for portraying it on the page. And I just thought you have to sometimes, I yeah, think. Sometimes you have to, yeah. So. And I think sometimes you have to be brave and, and be true to the story that's in your heart that you're writing and not... not um, sugarcoat it yeah you know if you're if you're writing thriller or you know something that's a bit more gritty you know if you're writing you know a rom-com romance well obviously <laughs> don't yeah. get the dagger yeah. out and right you know you know so so i think it's you know genre specific and, mm-hmm. and if that that's what's in the genre you know then then you need yeah. to just get up get on with it and not worry and i worry yeah. less as i get older you know you know, ten years ago when I brought the first one out in this series, I, I was like, oh, you know, yeah. and uh, you know, and you get some reaction from people that know you, and 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 then and then you think, you know what, it is what it mm-hmm. is, and I, I carried on, and it it still is violent as it ever was. So, yeah, so, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, great. Okay, so uh, so people need to find your books. Uh, the one that you're writing right now, do you know kind of when you're aiming to have it out, or is it still early enough that you're just 
letting well, I'm hoping that I might get it to the editor. Now, where are we now? February. I'm hoping to get it to the editor in March. So I'm hoping to get it out this side of the year, hopefully. Yeah, so it's called, it's called The Midwitch. And, um, yeah, so I, I'm quite happy about that. It's going to be a trilogy, I think. And uh, it's sort of quite a contemporary thing. And, and, and yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited about that. I'm looking for art readers. But if you want to find my other stuff, you can find me at djbowmansmith.com. Or if you want to find me as a children's author, I'm tigermolly.com. Nobody can ever read your children's books after your foul mouth confession. <laughs> no, no, exactly. And this is this is the thing. This is the funny thing because that's why I have the two author names because the one stuff is so dark. I just don't feel I can. I would never want a child to go. Oh, I know that author. No, yeah. you don't know me. I'm not. The author. I'm <laughs> yeah, exactly. Author. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 We tell we tell our and, kids. And I don't... Uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, go, go, go. Well, I was just going to say, we tell our kids it's adult language because uh, as adults, we know when to use it and when not to use that. And that pretty much stands up. Uh, it's not foul language or anything, but you want to know when's an inappropriate time. And so, yeah, having that separation is really important. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's I think it's good. And I think sometimes it's it's nice to sort of put a different hat on, like you like so you mm-hmm. write, writing nonfiction as well. Yeah. And you've got, and I'm sure you write other nonfiction stuff. You know, you could write about mm-hmm. podcasting. You can write about yeah. loads of other stuff that you know, Jody, as well as the marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's that's a different beast. Just like I write the kids stuff and yeah. the and the dark stuff. So yeah, yeah. yeah so. Well- this has been lovely. Um, great, great follow-up conversation, possibly better than the first. And uh, so I'm, I'm really excited. I'm going to check out your books now. I, I didn't realize that there was the the dark, gritty DJ Bowman Smith behind it <laughs> I all. So I'm excited it. for that. I don't look like that. Yeah, so you think I'm the, the nice children. Of the... And, and I'll talk to you um, next week. Yeah, perfect. I'm looking yeah, forward to you're, it. Yeah, you're coming, coming on to the words and pictures with me, which would be fabulous. Yes, yeah. yes. I already have my list of questions for you. Ooh, <laughs> I'll come as sharp as a, as a, as a blunt tack. Yeah, yeah, Thank like you. me. It's been lovely to talk to you, Jodie. Thanks for having me back. Likewise, it's been thanks. Terrific. Thank you for listening to TRBM. The theme music was provided by the ever-talented Christopher Talon. And hey, if you liked what you heard, share this show with other readers because what's the point of telling stories if nobody's listening?